Okay, so we're, we're going to be speaking about the uh, the Sabbath day today. We're going to, yeah, Sabbath day. All right, let's jump right in. You know, scripture teaches us to remember the Sabbath day and to keep it holy. Amen? You know, so keeping the Sabbath day holy. I hate to tell tell y'all this, but caution, you're doing it wrong. You know, most people are doing keeping the Sabbath day wrong. You know, and this is like a super important message because the Sabbath is super important. You know, um, you know, I've never I've never asked anyone to share any messages, but this one you probably should share, you know, um, because there's a lot of Sabbath keepers out here and a lot of them, you know, don't really understand the essence of it. They don't really understand what they should and shouldn't be doing, you know, and, you know, as a result, many of them are doing it wrong. Yep. You're doing it wrong. You know, but we're going to find out how to do it right today. We're going to find out what are the Sabbath day do's and don'ts. Things we should and shouldn't do. Amen. Amen. And, you know, we want to, we want to get to the essence of it. You know, the crux of the matter. We want to understand it. Amen. So this is the Sabbath day do's and don'ts, part three. Three is spiritual completeness. So prayerfully, this will be the last one. You know, uh, yeah. So we're gonna start off with uh, Exodus 31, 12 and 13. Let me have my first reader read Exodus 31, 12 and 13, and then jump down to Numbers 14, 20 through 23, please. And Yahushua spake unto Moshe, saying, Speak thou also unto the children of Israel, saying, Verily my Sabbath ye shall keep. It is a sign between me and you throughout your generations, that ye may know that I am Yahuwah that doeth sanctify you. And Yahuwah said, I have pardoned according to thy word. But as truly as I live, all the earth shall be shall be filled with the glory of Yahuwah. Because all, because all those men which have seen my glory and my miracles, which I did, did in Egypt and in the wilderness, I have tempted and have, have tempted me now these ten times, have not hearkened to my voice. Surely, surely they shall see not see, see not. Surely they shall see not, surely they shall not see the land which I swear unto them, unto their fathers. Neither shall any of them that provoke me see it. Hallelujah. Thank you. Uh, all right, so Exodus 31, 13. It, it, it taught us something. It says, you know, my Sabbath, you should keep it. You should keep the Sabbath for it is a sign between me and you. This is Yah speaking. Yah is saying it is a sign betwixt us and him. Amen. Right. 
you know, throughout all your generation. So that, that means us too. You know, it's a sign. What is a sign? You know, sign is oath, number 226 in the, in the Strong's for the Hebrew. Uh, and it speaks to a sign, a signal, a distinguishing mark, speaks to proof. So you see, the Sabbath is our proof that we're with Yah. And it's his proof that we're with him. Amen. Man. He says that ye may know that I am Yahuwah that doeth sanctify you. His Sabbath is what he utilizes to sanctify us. It's centered around his Sabbath and the words of his Sabbath, you know, that he utilizes to sanctify us. Amen. Amen. You know, this word sanctify is Kadash, number 6942. It means to be or make or to observe is clean to be or keep holy. This is what keeps us holy. This is what keeps us clean, even the Sabbath day. You know, how many of you know that Yah is not going to dwell in an unclean place? You know, we all make up the temple of Elohim, but Yah is not going to dwell in an unclean temple. And it's the Sabbath that helps keep us clean and holy. Amen? Amen. You know, so... It becomes imperative that we keep Sabbath right. You know, uh, now, just so you see another usage of this word sign, you know, we have Numbers 14.22, which was also read, um, saying, because of those men which have seen my glory and my miracles. This word miracles is actually oath, you know, and, you know, so... It's also translated as miracles. It speaks to that distinguishing mark, that proof, that signal. You know, so Numbers 14, 22 can also read, because all those men which have seen my glory and my proof, which I did in Mizraim. See, Yah proved that he was Elohim. He proved that there was no other El like unto him. Amen. Amen. By overcoming all the Elohim, of Miss Ryan, mm -hmm. he destroyed all those other guys to show proof mm -hmm. that he was the Elohim of all the gods. Right. Amen. Amen. You know, and so even as he proved himself, the Sabbath is how we prove ourselves that we are here. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Yeah. You know, so. Uh, verse 13 also taught us that the Sabbaths are Yah's. They're not Moshe's, even though he was he was the um he was the messenger that brought that brought him. You know, um actually he didn't he wasn't even uh the sole messenger that brought him. Yah spoke that part himself. That was part of the um, original 10, fourth commandment. Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Amen. Mm -hmm. You know, they heard Yah say that himself, you know. And they belong to him. They're not the Yahudims, nor the house of Israel's. You know, they belong to Yah. And the Sabbaths are meant to be our proof, to be proof that an Israelite has joined themselves to Yah and that he has sanctified them, that Yah has actually sanctified them. You know, so 
if we're not doing Shabbat right, then we don't have our proof that we're his. We can't prove that we're his. And if we can't prove that we're his, then, you know, we may not be able to get through the gate to get into the kingdom. Amen. Amen. All right. So Exodus 31, 14 through 16 says, and ye shall keep the Sabbath, therefore, for it is holy unto you. Everyone that defileth it shall surely be put to death. For whosoever doeth any work therein, that soul should be cut off from among his people. Six days may work be done, but in the seventh is the Sabbath of rest. Holy to Yahuwah, whosoever doeth any work in the Sabbath day, he shall surely be put to death. Wherefore, the children of Israel should keep the Sabbath to observe the Sabbath throughout their generations for a perpetual covenant. This word covenant is bereaved. Number 1285 is, speaks to a compact and agreement that is a contract or um, a covenant. You know, and we see here that the Sabbath is a perpetual covenant. You know, this is important. This is very important because when we when we look at we look at Israel when they were coming out of Mitzrayim, you know, before they can come out of Mitzrayim and go with Yah and enter into covenant with him into the wilderness, they had to be, they had to first be covenanted with him. Hence, they had to be circumcised. Amen. You know, and, and even after all them died off and they went into the promised land, you know, they again had to be covenanted with, with Yah before they can enter into his second covenant. They had to be in the prior covenant. You know, and likewise with us, you know, you know, before we can covenant with Yahshua, you know, we we too have to be covenanted with with uh with Yah in the prior covenant. The prior covenant is Shabbat. You know, and so we learned that this is Yah's perpetual covenant. This is his uh, contract or covenant with the nation of Israel. This Sabbath covenant has always been open to Gentiles. That is for other would-be Israelites to join. It was it was always open, you know. Um, hence, we we read about the strangers, you know, have and the eunuchs having one law, because it was always open to join, you know. Hence, we read in Exodus 12, 37 and 38, it says, And the children of Israel journeyed from Ramses to Sukkot, about 600,000 on foot, um, that were men besides children. And a mixed multitude went up also with them, and flocks and herds and even very much cattle. So you see, Israel was always a hodgepodge of peoples, you know, a hodgepodge of peoples, of nations, of tongues. You know, now it's important to note that from the very beginning that the uh, nation of Israel included going, they, it included foreigners. And it's likewise, you know, um, likewise, those those going, those foreigners also covenanted with Yahuwah, and that's why they were all treated the same. This is why they all had one law. You know, they weren't second class citizens. Amen. Amen. Let me have my next reader read Yeshayahu uh, 56, 1 through 7, which speaks to this very thing. 
Thus saith Yahuwah, keep ye judgment and do justice, for my salvation is near to come and my righteousness to be revealed. Blessed is the man that doeth this, and the son of man that layeth hold on it, that keepeth the Sabbath from polluting it, and keepeth his hand from doing any evil. Neither let the son of the stranger that hath joined himself to Yahuwah speak, saying, Yahuwah hath utterly separated me from his people. Neither let the eunuch say, Behold, I am a dry tree. For thus saith Yahuwah unto the eunuchs to keep my Sabbaths and choose the things that please me and take hold of my covenant. Even unto them will I give in thine house within my walls a place and a name better than of sons and of daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. Also the sons of the stranger that joined themselves to Yahuwah to serve him and to love the name of Yahuwah to be his servants. Everyone that keepeth the Sabbath from polluting it and taketh hold of my covenant even them will I bring into my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices shall be accepted upon mine altar, for mine house shall be called in house of prayer for all people. Hallelujah. All right. Who want to be blessed? Hallelujah. Here's the recipe right here. Yes, Yahoo 56 2 say, Blessed is the man that doeth this, doeth what? You know, that keepeth the Sabbath from polluting. You know, and keep up his hand from doing any evil. Simple as that. You want to be blessed? Keep your body. And keep your hand from doing any evil. You know, uh, and it speaks of the stranger and the eunuch, you know, saying, you know, um, Yahoo have utterly separated me um, from his people. You know, um, the stranger saying, Yahoo has separated me from his people because, you know, he's in the midst of a strange people. And the eunuch saying, Behold, I'm a dry tree because he can't procreate you know but yahuwah says unto the eunuchs that keep his sabbaths and take hold of his covenant and also to the strangers that join themselves to yahuwah and even everyone that keep up the sabbath from polluting it and take hold of his covenant because the sabbath is his covenant you know he says he will bring him into his holy mountain and make them joyful in his house of prayer he says he will accept their sacrifices you know and so you know, it's always been whomsoever will, you know. Uh, now, there was some exceptions. There was a couple um, nations that uh, got excluded, such as uh, Ammon and, and Moab. But that was because, you know, they did wickedly against Israel, you know. But essentially, everyone was invited in. So Sabbath keeping is a sign. It's our proof. For all who seek to covenant themselves to Yahuwah Elohim, whether they be natural sons and daughters of Israel, or whether they be eunuchs or strangers, you know, you know, it is our proof that we're Yahs. Yeah. So let's get into the don'ts of keeping Sabbath. You know, it says six days may work be done, but in the seventh, the seventh, but in the seventh is the Sabbath of rest, holy to Yahuwah. Whosoever do any work in the Sabbath day, should surely be put to death. It is holy to Yahuwah. Take note, it's not holy unto thee. It's holy unto Yahuwah. Amen? Amen. You know, there's a difference. All right, Exodus 20, verses 9 and 10. My next reader, please. Six days shall thou labor and do all thy work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of Yahuwah, thy Elohim. 
in it thou shalt not do any work. Thou, thou nor thy son, nor thy daughter, thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger that is within thy gate. Hallelujah. Okay, so here it is. The Sabbath um, is the seventh day. In it thou shalt do, shall not do any work. Your son, your daughter, your manservant, your maid or female servant, your animals, strangers that's not even a part of Israel, you know, um, that's within the gates. Nobody supposed to work on Yah Shabbat. You know, no one that's connected to thee. Amen. You know. Also, let us consider Numbers 15, 32 through 36. It reads, and while the children of Israel were in the wilderness, they found a man that gathered sticks upon the Sabbath day. And they that found him gathering sticks brought him unto Moshe and Aaron and unto all the congregation. And they put him inward because it was not declared what should be done. Um, and Yahuwah said unto Moshe, the man shall, surely, shall be surely put to death. And all the congregation shall stone him with stones without the camp. And all the congregation brought him without the camp and stoned him with stones, and he died, and as Yahuwah commanded Moshe. You know, yeah. Yah was not playing. He does not play with his Sabbath. Can you see that? Can you see how serious he is about this? You know, I pray you do, because you need to take heed. Because scripture teaches that the first, um, that first came the natural, then comes the spiritual. You know, and so we're the ones that came latter. So we're supposed to be the spiritual people, right? Mm -hmm. So with this in mind, if we that make up um, spiritual Israel in Yahshua today serve an Elohim that doesn't change, then what do you think the penalty the penalty is for us if we break Sabbath? Spiritual death, absolutely. You know, so this is very serious amen this is very serious the sabbath is a very serious matter let me have my next reader read nehemiah 13 15 through 21 please in those days saw i and judas and trading wine presses on the sabbath and bringing in sheaves and laddie asses as also wine, grapes, and figs, and all manner of burdens, which they brought into Jerusalem on the Sabbath day. And I testified against them in the day wherein they sold victuals. There dwelt men of Tyre also therein, which brought fish in all manner of ware, and sold on the Sabbath unto the children of Judah and in Jerusalem. Then I contended with the nobles of Judah and said unto them, what evil thing is this that ye do and profane the Sabbath day? Did not your fathers thus, and did not our Elohim bring all this evil upon us and upon this city? May ye bring more wrath upon Israel by profaning the Sabbath? And it came to pass that when the gates of Jerusalem began to be dark before the Sabbath, I commanded that the gates be shut and charged that they should now be open till after the Sabbath. And some of my servants set I at the gates that there should no burden be brought in on the Sabbath day. 
So the merchants and sellers of all kind of wares lodged without Jerusalem once or twice. Then I testified against them and said unto them, Why lodge ye about the wall? If ye do so again, I will lay hands on you. From that time forth came they no more on the Shabbat. Nehemiah wasn't playing with him, was he? You know, Nehemiah was not playing. He, he was about to lay hands on somebody. <laughs> you know, uh, so, you know, but it's, it's important that we gather that we're not to do business on the Sabbath. You know, to do business on the Sabbath is to profane. You know, and to profane it brings Yah's wrath upon Israel. You know, and, and this is what Nehemiah understood. And this is why he took such an adamant stand against those who were profaning the Shabbat. You know, he's saying, hey, you, 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 don't, you, don't see, you don't see where we are today. You don't see, you know, um, you know what wretched condition we in. You know, and here it is. You want to profane the Sabbath and bring more wrath upon us? Nah, not, not on my watch. You know, and so... You know, he stood guard and made sure it didn't happen anymore. Also, let us consider uh, Yarmiyahu or Jeremiah 17, 19 through 23. My next reader, please. Thus said Yahuwah unto me, go and stand in the gate of the children of the people, whereby the kings of Judah come in, and by which they go out and all the gates of Jerusalem. And said unto them, Hear ye the word of Yahuwah, ye kings of Judah, and all of Judah, and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, that enter by these gates. Thus says Yahuwah, take heed to yourselves, and bear no burden on the Sabbath day, nor bring it into the gates of Jerusalem. And neither carry forth a burden out of your houses on the Sabbath day, and neither do any work, but hallow ye the Sabbath day as I command your fathers. But they obeyed not, neither inclined to hear, but they made their neck stiff that they might not hear nor receive instruction. Hallelujah. All right, from this passage and others like it, the priest or Yahudim teach that it's unlawful to carry anything in one's pocket on the Sabbath. Carrying anything in the hand is also excluded. Even going outside with gum or food in the mouth is forbidden. You know, uh, nevertheless, they allow for things to be carried in enclosed spaces called an iru. An iru can occur naturally or be man-made and must be constructed before a Sabbath. It's ordinances of men, um, like the aforementioned, that caused the Sabbath to become burdensome to keep. In fact, it made it impossible to keep, you know, and Yah actually had a problem with this, you know. Now, to the credit of the priest, they were trying to put a fence around the Shabbat to make certain that it didn't get broken. But in doing so, they 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 overdid it and caused it to be broken. You know. Uh, now to hear the heart of Yah on the matter, you know, let's take a look at Jubilee, the Book of Jubilee, chapter fifty, verses eight and nine. Let me have my next reader read Jubilees fifty, chapter fifty, verses eight and nine. And the man that does any work on it shall die. Whoever desecrates that day, whoever lies with his wife, or whoever says he will do something on it, 
that he will set out on a journey thereon in regards to any buying or selling or whoever draws water thereon, which he has not prepared for himself on the sixth day. And whosoever takes up any burden to carry it out of the tent or out of his house shall die. Ye shall do no work whatever on the seventh day, save what ye have prepared for yourself on the sixth day. So as to eat and drink and rest and keep Sabbath from all work on that day, and to keep and to bless Yahuwah, your Elohim, who has given you a day of festival and a holy day and a day of holy kingdom. For all Israel is this day among their days forever. All right. So there's a lot here. There's a whole lot here. Um, okay. So verse 8, Sardis that you actually shouldn't have marital relations on the Sabbath, you know, or even speak of what you're going to do later um, after the Sabbath. So, you know, it says, or whoever says he will do something on it, you know, and, and what it's speaking of is like, you know, if, if you're talking about, you know, uh, you know, how you're going to start this contract, you know, uh, uh, next week. You know, or, you know, what you're going to do at work next week or, you know, anything, you know, um, of the sort, you know, it's actually speaking about, if you're talking about anything that is outside of Yah, you know, he doesn't even want you speaking anything outside of him and his kingdom on his day. Amen. Amen. You know, and this is, this is, this is huge, you know, because a lot of people don't realize that, you know, and he says, you know, prepare yourself for the Sabbath on the sixth day. And this is why they call it the sixth day, the day of preparation. Verse nine, you know, said, you know, you should do no work whatever on the Sabbath day. But then it says, save what ye have prepared for yourselves on the sixth day. You know, so um, save what you have prepared for yourselves on the sixth day so as to eat and drink and rest. You know, so in other words, you know, you can prepare some food on the sixth day and you can get it together on the Sabbath to eat and drink and so that you can spend your time with Yah, you know, during your rest day. And your rest day, you know, it's, this is another important factor because your rest day isn't actually like, you know, go take a nap type rest or just chill and relax type rest. That's not the type of rest they're speaking about. The type of rest they're speaking about is resting from doing your thing, resting from doing things of the world. You know, it's, it's, it has nothing to do with like a physical rest. It's a spiritual rest. It's a spiritual rest from all that the world entails and all that is, you know, that is of you. You know, now um, verse nine also said, it's a day of festival, you know? So this passage made it clear uh, 
uh, take note that the Sabbath day is a day of festival, meaning the Sabbath is in honor of some distinguished personage. Hence, it has a specified focus. The Sabbath truly is in honor of a distinguished personage. That personage is Yahuwah Elohim. And it has a specified focus, which is also Yahuwah Elohim. You know, that person, as well as that specified focus, is Yah. Also take note that the Sabbath is a holy day, meaning it is set apart from all other days. Hence, it should be different from all other days. If it's truly set apart, then it shouldn't be like no other day of the week. It should be set apart from all other days, but not just set apart in and of itself, but set apart unto Yah. Because it's to be holy unto Yahuwah. So it's to be set apart unto Yah. You know, so everything you set it apart um, from should be unto Yah. And this is why you don't talk your own talk on it. You talk Yah talk. This is why you don't do your own thing on it. You do Yah's thing on it. Amen? Amen. You know, now, lastly, take note that it says, That the Sabbath is a day of the holy kingdom. It's a day of the holy kingdom. You know, now what this is speaking to is it's a day that's all about the kingdom of Elohim. It's a day whereby you, you enter into the kingdom of Elohim. You know, if you want to know how it's going to be in the kingdom of Elohim, then understand how Shabbat is supposed to truly, the truly supposed to be kept. Because when you understand how Shabbat is truly to be kept, then you'll understand how a day in the kingdom of Elohim looks. You know, some people don't like Shabbat because they can't do this, that, and the other. Because they have work to do, because they have, you know, things to see to. I'm here to tell you, if you don't like keeping Shabbat the way that Yah orchestrated, you won't like living in the kingdom of heaven. Because the Shabbat is a day of the holy kingdom. Amen? Amen. So if you don't like not doing nothing but Yah, you might as well quit now because you're not going to like the kingdom of Elohim because the Shabbat is to show you how the kingdom going to be. Amen? Also, let us consider Jubilees 50, 12, and 13. It says, and every man who does any work thereon or goes on a journey or tills his farm, whether in his house or any other place, and whoever lights a fire or rides on any beast or travels by ship on the sea or whoever strikes or kills anything or slaughters a beast or a bird or whoever catches an animal or a bird or a fish or whoever fast, yet yeah, you shouldn't fast on the Sabbath, or makes war on the Sabbath, the man who does any of these things on the Sabbath shall die. So that the children of Israel shall observe the Sabbaths according to the commandments regarding the Sabbaths of the land, 
as it is written in the tablets, which he gave into my hands that I should write out for thee the laws of the seasons and the seasons according to the divisions of the days. You know, so hereby we learn that these were the things that Yah originally wrote on the tablets of stone that were to be stored within the Ark of the Covenant, thereby showing that this is Yah's will. It's not man's interpretation as I mistook it, you know, and uh, mis misspoke last time I spoke on this. You know, no, this is Yah's will. This is his heart concerning his Shabbat. It's here. That said, these statements are also congruous with what we find within the canon as well. Uh, but before we go there, I want to I want to say a little something about making war on the Sabbaths because there's a rich history behind this. You know, this is how many of the Yahudim got slaughtered because they were very fierce warriors. You know, and you know, so what the enemy would do. You know, especially when there was a uh, when there was um um uh, what do you call it uh, uh civil war when the civil war broke out due to the Hellenization you know of Yahuda you know and they changed the calendar those who knew the true Sabbath kept the true Sabbath and those who who where Hellenized began to keep another Shabbat. And so those that were Hellenized was trying to snuff out the true priest, the Zadokai priest of Elohim. And so what they would do would, is that they would go and fight against them on the Shabbat. Because they knew, scripture said, they can't make war on the Sabbaths. And they began to slaughter them on the Sabbaths when they knew that they wouldn't fight back. Until a certain group of them got together and said, nah, nah, we're not going out like that. We're going to fight back. Even though it's the Sabbath, we're going to fight back. And y'all was welcome. The name of that group uh, of people were headed by the Maccabees, yeah, yeah. you know, and we had a story of the Maccabees in the Apocrypha, yeah. you know, and you can read about this in, in, in there, you know, but that's how they came at them because they knew that on the true Shabbat, they, were, they wouldn't fight. Mm -hmm. And so they were slaughtering them by the thousands, you know, and then the Maccabeans said, mm-mm. Now, if we do this, we'll be annihilated. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so they prayed about it and they decided to fight, and Yah was with them, and boy, was he with them. Mm -hmm. They did the exploits that was, you know, that couldn't be possible except Yah. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was just li literally, you know, um, you know, impossible without Yah. You know, so I pray that you can see that these, you know, these are the things that that was originally written on the stone tablets. This is Yah's will. This is how he wants you to keep his Shabbat. You know, yeah, it's a bit more strict than, than what most of us are used to. 
but this is y'all's will. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. You know, and like I said, these things, these statements are also congruous with what we find within the canon. Let us consider Yeshayahu 58, 13 and 14. It says, if thou turn away thy foot from the Sabbath, from doing thy pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath for delight, the holy of Yahuwah, honorable, and shall honor him, not doing thine own ways, nor finding thine own pleasures, nor speaking thine own words. Then thou shalt delight thyself in Yahuwah, and I will cause thee to ride upon the high places of the earth and feed thee with the heritage of Yahuwah, thy father, for the mouth of Yahuwah have spoken. Now, Yahuwah has, is saying, Look here, don't do your own pleasure. Oh, not on my day. Not on my holy day. My holy day is set apart unto me, Yah says. You don't do your pleasure. You do my pleasure on my day. It's not about you. It's about Yah. You only do Yah on Yah's day. You know, and he said, call the Sabbath for delight. Again, because if you don't like doing the Sabbath the way it was meant to be done, you're not going to like the kingdom. You're not going to like the kingdom of heaven. And you might as well, you know, put your happy heathen uh, um, shoes back on and head on out there, eat, drink, and be merry. You know, Yah says, not doing thine own ways, nor finding thine own pleasure, nor even speaking thine own words. Is this not the, uh, the same thing that Jubilee, that's being said in Jubilee. It's the same thing. You know, to put it plainly, Sabbath is all about resting from your ways and your pleasures or desires. That is, it's all about resting from your love for self and your love for the world. Remember, we spoke about the four different types of love that scripture speaks of. There's the love of Yah. There's the love of your neighbor as you love yourself. There's the love of self. And there's the love of the world. Four types of love that scripture speaks of. Two from above. Mm -hmm. And two from below. The love of Yah and the love of your neighbor is yourself are the type of loves that's from above. And the love of self and the love of this world are the two types of loves that's from below. You know, and so, you know, Yah is saying, you know, don't love yourself and don't love the world on my day. Just my day is all about you loving me and you loving my kingdom. You loving my people. Yeah. Amen. So you can love on Yah, you can love on Yah's people. That's what that's what you that's what um what you can do on the Sabbath, but you what you can't do, what you're not supposed to do, what the don't of Sabbath is don't love yourself and don't love the world. No, not on his Shabbat. You can you can start loving on yourself and loving on the world uh, on, on day one through six. But on the seventh day, that's all about Yah. Amen. Amen. You know, let's let's uh take a look at Yahshua's words. Found in Matthew Yahoo 23, 1 through 4. My next reader, please. This day, Yahushua 
to the multitude and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moshe's seat. All therefore, whatsoever they did, you observe that, uh, <clears throat> that observe and do. But do not ye after their works, for they say and do not. For they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be borne, and lay them on man's shoulders. But they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. All right, so then Melico, uh, which has 39 categories of don'ts for the Sabbath alone. You know, so the oral Torah, you know, has 39 categories of don'ts that you can't do on the Sabbath alone. 39 categories, that is, you know, not 39, 39 categories, each category having several things in it. You know, they made it impossible to do. And, and this is what y'all had a problem with. And he said, you know, not only do they do this, you know, but they don't even do them themselves. Not only do they make all these, um, these rules and regulations, they don't even adhere to them themselves. You know, and that, that was a problem. So, you know, Yahshua, we see here, he says, you know, what don't to do on the Sabbath. He says, do not eat after their works. So if you want to know what not to do on the Shabbat, don't do Shabbat like the Yahudim do Shabbat. Don't do Shabbat like the scribes and the Pharisees and the Sadducees done Shabbat. Amen? Also, let us consider uh, verses 13 through 15. It says, but woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye shut up the kingdom of heaven against men. For ye neither go in yourselves, neither suffer ye them that are entering to go in. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye devour widows' houses for a pretense, make long prayer. Therefore, ye shall receive the greater damnation. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, Hypocrites, for ye compass sea and land to make one proselyte, and when he is made, ye make him twofold more the child of hell than yourself. From these passages and others, it's evident that Yah doesn't want us to emulate the works of the Yahudim, and this includes those done on Sabbath. We're not to do Sabbath the way they done. Now that we don't address the don'ts of Sabbath. Let's address the dues of Sabbath. Jubilee 50, verses 10 and 11 says, For great is the honor which Yahuwah has given to Israel, that they should eat and drink and be satisfied on this festival day. So let's stop right there for a second. This is one of the things that we are to do. We are to eat, drink, and be satisfied on this festival day. It's a festival day. Emphasis on feast. Amen. So we're supposed to eat, drink, and be satisfied. Then he goes on to say, and rest thereon from all labor which belongs to the labor of the children of men. So to put it another way, from everything that has to do with you in the world. Now he says, save or accept for burning frankincense and bringing oblations and sacrifices before Yahuwah for the days and for the Sabbaths. This work alone 
what work? Burning frankincense, bringing oblations and sacrifices before Yahuwah. This work alone shall be done on the Sabbath days in the sanctuary of Yahuwah, your Elohim, that they may atone for Israel with sacrifice continually from day to day for a memorial well-pleasing before Yahuwah. And he may receive them days, always from day to day, according as thou has been commanded. You know, so Yah said, this is the only thing that you can do on his Sabbath. You can burn frankincense, you can bring oblations, and you can offer sacrifices before Yahuwah um, on his Sabbath. That's all that you can do. And we'll get more into that in, in, in a minute, you know, but I want you to, to see that what I was just saying about Yah not wanting us to keep Sabbath the way the Yahudim and the house of Israel kept the Sabbath. You know, to uh, validate that, we have Yeshayahu 1, 10 through 13. It says, hear the word of Yahuwah, ye rulers of Sodom. Give ear unto the Torah of our Elohim, ye people of Gomorrah. To what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices unto me? Yah is speaking now. To what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices unto me, saith Yahuwah? I am full of burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fed beasts. And I delight not in the blood of bullocks or of lambs or of he goats. When ye come to appear uh, before me, who have required this at your hand to tread my courts? Y'all said, who told you to do this? Who told you to do this? I don't delight in the blood of bullocks and lambs and goats. Who required this at your hand? In verse 13, he says, bring no more vain oblations. Incense is an abomination unto me. The new months and Sabbaths, the calling of assemblies, I cannot away with them. It is iniquity, even the solemn me. You think y'all had a problem with the way they was keeping Shabbat? You think y'all had a problem with the way that they was keeping those Sabbaths? Hereby we learn that natural Israel sacrifices weren't congruous with Yah's will. It wasn't congruous with Yah's way or his purposes. And he viewed them as iniquity. Yahushua agreed. So the question becomes, what was Yah expecting? What was Yah expecting? What does Yah want? Let's look into what Labor or works were allowed for answers. So what was allowed? Anybody remember what was allowed? Absolutely. Burning frankincense, bringing oblations, and sacrifices. That's what's world, what was allowed. You know, so we're going to look into the spiritual aspect of these things, and we're going to see what spiritual sacrifices look like. First, we're told that we can burn, we can burn frankincense. The word frankincense is labona in the in the Hebrew. You know, um, and so we'll start here by determining what burning speak to scripturally or spiritually. You know, in Sirach twenty three sixteen it says two sorts of men multiply sin, and the third will bring wrath. A hot mind is as a burning fire; it will never be quenched till it be consumed. A fornicator in the body of his flesh will never cease till he have kindled a fire. Mm -hmm. Also, 1 Corinthians 7, 8, and 9 speaks 
um, very similarly. It says, I say therefore to the unmarried and widows, it is good for them if they abide even as I, but if they cannot contain, let them marry, for it is better to marry than to burn. So hereby we learn that to burn something spiritually uh, speaks to a condition of the mind, longing or desiring something. You know, so if you if you if you're um, burning something spiritually or scripturally speaking, you know, your mind is longing for it. So much so that we still have sayings that speak to this concept even today, such as having the hots for someone or having a burning desire for something or being hot in the pants, etc. You know, frankincense, as aforementioned, is Labona in the Hebrew number 3828. Um, and it's frankincense from its whiteness, you know, uh, likely the whiteness that comes from the smoke, you know, that, that goes up. The long, the long uh, strands of smoke that rises up into the heavens, you know, um, is from Laba, which is the feminine form of Labe, which is the heart, you know. So from this, we can deduce that the burning of frankincense spiritually speaks to the longing or desires of a white or righteous heart. Because white speaks to righteousness, you know. So what we see in is a spiritual picture here of a righteous heart longing for something that's the burning of frankincense this is why scripture depicts burning of incense as prayer such as we read in psalms 141 2 let my prayer rise up like incense before you as well as revelation 5 8 which says they held golden bowls filled with incense which are the prayers of elohim's people you know, so you see, you know, to burn frankincense speaks to the longings of a righteous heart. And when you go into your prayer closet and you have a righteous heart, you know, you're going to ask for things that's right, things that's good, things that's within y'all's will. Amen. Amen. And that's a picture of this frankincense. He never wanted the literal frankincense. He wanted hearts longing after him, mm -hmm. longing after the security and the well-being of his people. This is why when you read about the prophets that was praying concerning Israel and praying concerning Jerusalem, you know, Yah was attentive to their prayer because they were like frankincense, a sweet savior unto his nostrils. Look at my children loving on one another, acting like me. So that's the frankincense. Now, he also said that we can we can uh, bring oblations. This word oblations is minka, number 4503. It means to apportion, that is to bestow a donation, specifically a sacrificial offering, uh, usually voluntary and bloodless. You know, so to bring in oblation infers a use of the hands, you know, because in order to bring anything, you know, you usually have to use the hands, which in turn spiritually speak to one's works, uh, which are primarily done with the hands. Uh, you know, Deuteronomy 16, 15, 2 Kings 22, 17, bear witness to this, you know, but, you know, usually scripturally, spiritually um, speaking, you know, 
the works are done with the hands, you know, so when it, when you're bringing something, you know, with your hands, you know, it speaks to works that you are doing, you know, so to bring an oblation is to do the works of an oblation. Now, y'all saying, from y'all saying the giving of oblations or minko, that is voluntary giving bloodless offerings on Sabbath is fine. You know, so this, he's saying you can give oblations. So uh, indirectly, he's saying that you can give voluntary bloodless offerings on Sabbath. That's fine. We deduce that it's fine with Yah for us to voluntarily give offerings such as praise and worship. You know, these are voluntary and bloodless offerings, as well as monetary offerings, which are also voluntary and bloodless. And offerings of benevolence are even okay on the Sabbath. You know, and this is this is uh something that the Yahudim didn't understand, you know. Uh sacrifices we're also told that we can bring sacrifices this word sacrifices is zabakim you know and it speaks to the a slaughter that is the flesh so now we're talking about a slaughtering of flesh you know and so to bring a sacrifice a zabak one must lead guide or direct another's flesh to yah's priest can you see that from this pick we can deduce that Spiritually speaking, the giving of sacrifices, that is Zabakim, includes guiding others' flesh towards Yah. Hence, it's fine for Yah, uh, it's fine with Yah for one to evangelize, to preach, to teach, to exhort others on the Sabbath. Because this is how you lead, guide, or direct someone to Yah. And so you see, this is a type of sacrifice that you can give Yah on the Sabbath that is acceptable. Amen? Yeah. You know, uh, consider Matthew Yahoo 25, 40. It says, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as ye have done it unto uh, one of these, of one of the least of these, my brethren, ye have done it unto me. I want you to think about that. You know, so if you want to give one of these voluntary bloodless sacrifices, you know, uh, by doing an act of benevolence towards one of y'all's people, you know, then it's like doing it unto him. And this is why it's allowed. You know, you can give a minkah. You know, you can give a voluntary bloodless offering. When we do worship and praise, we're giving an offering unto Yah. When we give thanksgiving, we're giving a minkah unto Yah. We're giving voluntary bloodless offerings unto Yah. We're giving offering men hope. When you do a kind act or a kind deed to someone on Shabbat, that is okay. That's a minkai. That is a voluntary bloodless offering. That is acceptable in Yah's eyes because when you've done it unto the least of his brethren, you've done it unto him. Amen? Amen. Now also consider Matthew Yahoo 2545 though. It says, then shall he answer them saying, truly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it not to one of the least of these, you did it not to me. So if Yah is putting on your heart to do benevolence for one of the brethren or sister, 
you know, and you don't do it, then you didn't do it unto him. You didn't just not do it unto them. You didn't do it unto him. Amen. Amen. Luke 11, 46 through 52. My next reader, please. And he said, Woe unto you also, you lawyers, for ye lay men with burdens grievous to be born, and ye yourselves touch not the burdens with one of your fingers. Woe unto you, for ye build the sepulchres of the prophets, and your fathers killed them. Truly ye bear witness that ye allow the deeds of your fathers, for they indeed killed them, and you built their sepulchres. Therefore also said the wisdom of Elohim, I will send them prophets and apostles, and some of them they shall slay and persecute, that the blood of all the prophets which was shed from the foundation of the world may be required of this generation, from the blood of Abel unto the blood of Zacharias, which perished between the altar and the temple. Verily I say unto you, it shall be required of this generation, Woe unto you, lawyers, for ye have taken away the key of knowledge. Ye entered not in yourselves, and them that were entering in ye entered. Hallelujah. Okay, so we see that um, it's imperative uh, that we comprehend that Torah is the key of knowledge, first and foremost. You know, but one must understand how to use the key for it to be of any use. If you just have a key and you don't know what door it goes to, it's not going to help you very much. Or if you don't know how how to how to utilize it, it's still not going to uh, help you very much. Amen. You know, so let us consider how they did and do hinder others from entering into the kingdom. You know, because it tells us, you know, that uh, and them that were entering in, he hindered. You know, and Mark seven five through nine speaks to that. It says then the Pharisees and scribes asked him. Why walk not thy disciples according to the tradition of the elders? But eat bread with unwashing hands. He answered and said unto them, Well have Isaiah prophesied of you, hypocrites. As it is written, the people honor of me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. How be it in vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men, for laying aside the commandment of Elohim. Ye hold the tradition of men as the washing of pots and cups and many other such things ye do. And he said unto them, full well ye reject the commandment of Elohim that ye may keep your own tradition. And this is how they hinder people from entering into the kingdom. Because of their oral Torah, you know, which was very numerous and made Yah's will, uh, way and purposes unknown and made it impossible for them to actually enter in. It hindered them greatly. You know, so I pray that you can see that the way that Yahudim hindered Israel from entering the kingdom then as well as now is through their errant understanding of Torah. The difference between today's Israel and Israel of old is that they no longer have the authority to compel compliance to their errant doctrines. They still have the errant doctrines, but they don't have the authority to enforce them. This is what Yahshua came to set us free from. Thanks and praise to the Most High. Yet besides that, the same thing has happened with Christianity. In that its clergy teach the doctrines of men and lay aside the commandments of Elohim whilst holding to the traditions of men. 
traditions such as Christmas, Easter, Halloween, Thanksgiving, etc. So much so that Christians think it's strange that those who truly seek to follow Christ, that is the Messiah, for example, don't keep Christmas. Those who they know are truly seeking him, truly trying to follow him, they don't keep Christmas, which is named after him. Even as Christ or Messiah himself didn't keep Christmas because they're following him. And they think, it, they think it even more odd for them to keep Sabbath, which Messiah, which Christ or Messiah not only kept, but taught how to keep. Can you see that they're no different than the scribes, the Pharisees, and the Sadducees of old? They've done the exact same thing. They put their traditions in the way of Yah's word so that Yah's word can't be can't be kept, but the traditions are held over his word. They say they follow Christ, but they don't do what Christ did. They say they follow Christ, that's why they keep Christmas, but Christ didn't keep Christmas. They say they follow Christ, but they don't keep Sabbath when Christ kept Sabbath. How much sense does that make? Let me have my next reader read Mark 3, 1 through 5, and Matthew, Yahoo 12, um, 11 and 12, please. Okay, Mark 3, 1 through 5. And he entered again into the synagogue, and there was a man there which had a withered hand. And they watched him, whether he would heal him on the Sabbath day, that they might accuse him. And he saith unto the man which had the withered hand, stand forth. And he saith unto them, It is, I mean, is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath days or to do evil, to save life or to kill? But they held their peace. And when he had looked round about on them with anger, being grieved from the hardness of their hearts, he saith unto the man, Stretch forth thine hand. And he stretched it out, and his hand was restored whole as the other. Matthew 12, 11, 12. And he said unto them, What man shall there be among you that shall have one sheep, and if it fall into a pit on the Sabbath day, will he not lay hold on it and lift it out? How much then is a man better than a sheep? Wherefore, it is lawful to do well on the Sabbath days. All right. So we see in Mark 3, 4, said, and he said unto them, Is it lawful? He was asking them, Is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath days or to do evil? to save life or to kill because on their sabbath days uh they did evil in the sense that you know evil speaks to speaks to injure to injuring someone or something and so when they sacrificed those animals they they did evil to the animals because the animals were innocent amen you know they were innocent yet they had to die you know they did evil unto those animals so he's asking, is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath days, to do evil, or to save life? To save life or to kill. They were going to, they're killing animals, and he's trying to save people. So you trying, so he's asking them, can't you see that it's, it's, it's okay to save life, to help people, you know, who are living is better than to kill something that's innocent. But they couldn't see it. 
you know, and elsewhere in Matthew 12, 12, he says, how much then is a man better than a sheep? You know, you, you say it's okay to kill this sheep, you know, but it's not okay to help a man. How much better is a man? Uh, how much then is a man better than a sheep? Wherefore, it is lawful to do well on the Sabbath day. This word well is Kalos, number 2573. It speaks to well um, morally from Kalos, meaning beautiful, that is valuable or virtuous. You know, so hereby Yahushua teaches it's lawful to be good on the Sabbath, which is just a spiritual oblation, a minka. You know, that's all that's all Yahshua was doing. He was giving a true minka, you know, a spiritual minka, a voluntary bloodless offering of benevolence. But natural Israel's priests didn't see it this way. They wanted to kill him for it, and he eventually did. They couldn't see it, even though it's always been the will of Elohim. Hence, he said, I delight not in the blood of lambs and, 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 and goats. He, he, don't, he don't want that stuff. You know, I mean, barbecue is good to us. We physical, but, you know, he's spiritual. We ain't going to do with that. Yochanan 5, 8, 3, 11, Yahushua saith unto him, Rise, take up thy bed and walk. Mm -hmm. And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. The Yahudim therefore said unto him, that was cured, It is the Sabbath day. It is not lawful for thee to carry thy bed. Thy bed. And he answered them, He that made me whole, the same said unto me, Take up thy bed and walk. You know, again, Yah did a minka. Can you see when he was doing these things, he was just doing minkot. He was just giving voluntary um, offerings, um, bloodless offerings of benevolence. You know, consider uh, Jubilees 50 verse 8, it says, and the man that does any work on uh, on it shall die. Whosoever desecrate that day, whoever lies with his wife, or whoever says he will do something on it, um, that he was set out on a journey thereon in regard of any buying or selling and whoever draws water thereon which he had not prepared for himself on the sixth day and whoever takes up any burden to carry it out of his tent out of his house shall die you know and then we have Yahu 17 21 thus saith yahuwah take heed to yourselves and bear no burden on the sabbath day nor bring it in by the gates of jerusalem i think i got ahead of myself uh, so in the eyes of the priest, Yahushua was guilty of breaking Sabbath for healing on the Sabbath, as well as instructing the man for carrying his bed on the Sabbath. Uh, but why was it okay in this instance and not okay during Yahu's day? You know, and I kind of spilled the beans already. But anyway, let me have my next reader read Matthew Yahoo 12, 1 through 8. At that time, Yahushua went on the Sabbath day through the corn, and his disciples were a hundred, and began to pluck the ears of corn and to eat. But when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto him, Behold, thy disciples do that which is not lawful to do upon the Sabbath day. But he said unto them, Have you not read what David did when he was a hundred, and they that were with him? How he entered into the house of Elohim and did eat the showbread in 
was not lawful for him to eat, neither for them which were with him, but only for the priest? Or have you not read in the law how that on the Sabbath day the priest in the temple profane the Sabbath and are blameless? But ye say unto you that in this place is one greater than the temple. But if you know that what this meaneth, I will have mercy and not sacrifice. Ye would not have commanded the guiltless, condoned the guiltless. For the Son of Man is Adonai, even of the Sabbath day. Okay, so, you know, um, the reason y'all was doing the healing and everything was being cold. Those, that those were um, actually, uh, you know, voluntary bloodless offerings of benevolence. But hereby, uh, here we have something different. We have... Uh, Yahshua's disciples, you know, they're, they're plucking the ears of corn and eating it, you know, and the Pharisees, you know, saw it and they, they had a problem with it, you know. Um, and so they called them, they called them on it, you know, but the fact of the matter is Yahshua's disciples were guiltless in accordance to written to the written Torah. Uh, but they were guilty according to the oral Torah. The oral Torah had, you know, had uh, put things in place whereby what they did was was uh, against their ordinance. We'll put like put it like that. Their ordinance of uh, of men, you know, the oral Torah. Now the error was due to um, the error that they had, you know, whereby Yahshua says, you know, but if he had known. What this mean if I will have mercy and not sacrifice, you would have you would not have condemned the guiltless. You know, so they messed up because they condemned the guiltless. You know, the error was due to a lack of mercy. Hence, y'all quoted the prophet Isaiah, because what he said actually came from uh, the book of Isaiah, which is yeah, that wasn't supposed to work like that. But, <laughs> but anyway, Hosea 6, um, 1 through 6. Come and let us return unto Yahuwah, for he hath torn and he will heal us. He hath smitten and he will bind us up. After two days he will revive us, and the third day he will raise us up, and we shall live in his sight. Then shall we know, if we follow on to know Yahuwah, his going forth is prepared as the morning, and he shall come unto us as the rain, as the latter and former rain unto the earth. O Ephraim, what shall I do unto thee, O Yahudah? What shall I do unto thee? For your goodness is as a morning cloud, and as the early dew, it goeth away. Therefore have I hewed them by the prophets. I have slain them by the words of my mouth, and thy judgments are as the light that goeth forth. For I desired mercy and not sacrifice, and the knowledge of Elohim more than burnt offerings. Now that's huge right there. You know, he tells them in verse 4, he says, for your goodness is as a morning cloud and as the early do, it goeth away. Your goodness goeth away. He said, I desired mercy. You know, but in the KJV, you know, I don't think this is the best um, translation, you know, because it makes you think what's said, what's said in verse four as well as verse six are different, but they are not. The word goodness in verse four and the word mercy in verse six is the same Hebrew word, kased, you know, number 2617, which means speaks to kindness or a good deed. 
goodliness, goodness, loving kindness, mercy, or pity. You know, so he's actually saying for your kindness, your good deeds are as a morning cloud and as early dew, they go away. He said, I desire kindness. I desire good deeds, not sacrifice. And the knowledge of Elohim more than burnt off. These are the types of spiritual sacrifices y'all desires on Sabbath. These are the things that you can do on Shabbat. This is evident when one considers that these are also the types of spiritual sacrifices that atone or cover sin, which is what the physical sacrifices were supposed to do. Cover sin. They were supposed to atone for sin. Atone means to cover. Amen? Amen. Hence we read in 1 Kephas 4, 8. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sin. Love covers a multitude of sins. You know, so when you love on someone by doing an act of benevolence on the Sabbath, it actually covers sins. Even as someone would bring an old funky goat or ox or a sheep, you know, to be sacrificed. Amen? You know, so this speaks to the men cult. The voluntary bloodless offerings. Also consider that the clicker not clicking. <laughs> clicker just stopped clicking all of a sudden. Oh, alright. James 5.20 which says Remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the error of his way will save him from death and cover a multitude of sins. Can't you see that this is the exact same thing that Hosea is saying? Um, come on, clicker. Nothing with it. All right, same thing Hosea is saying, uh, what y'all are saying in, in Hosea that the knowledge of Elohim, that he desired the knowledge of Elohim. When you share knowledge of Elohim and cause someone to turn from their wicked ways, you cover a multitude of sin. Yeah. You know, you, you turn them from error. You save them from death and cover a multitude of sin. Can you see that? You know, this is what Yah always desired. Right. Not a clicker in the arrow don't want to work. But <laughs> we go, we almost do. We're gonna get through this. Matthew Yahoo 11, 28 through 30. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy, heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in, uh, in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know, so take his yoke upon you and learn of him. You know, I'm trying to teach you of him, of what Yah wants. You know, yes, you can do Sabbath your way. You can do it the way that the Yahudim done it, but they're not getting into the kingdom. You know, Yah says when they come and knocking, he gonna say, go away for I never knew ye, ye workers of iniquity. You know, he says that those who Keep Shabbat like they um, keep Shabbat. He viewed as iniquity. 
Amen. You know, so we don't want to do it like they done it. We want to do it like y'all asked us to do it. You know, take note of the fact that Yahushua uh, does, in fact, have a yoke and a burden. You know, there's so many that teach that we have no responsibility in Yahushua, but this isn't true. You know, there's folks that teach that, you know, hey, it's all done. You don't have any responsibility. You don't have to do anything. That's not true. It's just simply not true. And it makes no sense. You know, we do have a responsibility. What is that responsibility? It's found in Galatians 5, 12 through 18. It says, I would they... I would they were even cut off that which troubled me. Hallelujah. I'm going to say that again. I would they were even cut off which troubled you. For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Y'all have set us free. We do have liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh. Don't use your liberty for your love of self, for your love of the world. You only use not your liberty for an occasion of the flesh, but by love serve one another. Mm -hmm. You're supposed to use your liberty to love on one another, to offer a mean code, voluntary offerings of good deeds, voluntary offerings of praise and, and of worship and of thanksgiving. Amen? Amen. Verse 14, for all of Torah is fulfilled in one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. But if ye bite and devour one another, take heed that ye be not consumed one of another. What is he talking about? Bite and devour one another. Gossip. Hallelujah. Somebody understood the spiritual aspect of that. Gossip. Keep the saints out your mouth. Because those are wolves in sheep's clothing. If you always got a saint in your mouth, then you are as a wolf in sheep's clothing. Because the wolves are always tearing at the sheep. They're always biting on them and devouring them. Keep the saints out your mouth. Sheep don't eat sheep. Say lie. This I say then, walk in the Ruach, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Mm -hmm. For the flesh yeah. lusts against the Ruach. If your flesh is lusting for something, you can bet your bottom dollar, not that I advocate betting, you know, <laughs> that it is not Yah that's behind it. If your flesh is lusting for something, it's because of your love for self. Yeah. And your love for the world yeah. that's motivating it. And those are those loves that come from beneath. Those are those loves that come from H-E double hockey sticks. And the Ruach loves up against the flesh. They're going to be the ones that's trying to keep you to do the, doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. And it says, and these are contrary to one to the other. So that you cannot do the things that you would. But if ye be led of the Ruach, ye are not under Torah. You're not under the law. But the Ruach is going to lead you in the way of um, Yah's love. You know, because the Ruach is going to be 
is going to motivate you to love Yah and to love your neighbor as, your, as yourself because those are the loves from above. And the Ruach comes from above. The Ruach HaKodesh. Now, if you have another Ruach, you know, um, of, of, of the world, you know, or from the other place down below, then, yeah, he's going to motivate you to do else, um, you know, do something else, contrary-wise, right? You know, at the end of the day, Yah wants us to make his Sabbath holy unto him. This is evident when we look at scripture. Exodus 20, verse 8. Remember the Sabbath day, keep it holy. Exodus 35, 2, six days shall thou shall work be done. But on the seventh day, there shall be to you a holy day, a Sabbath of rest to Yahuwah. Whosoever doeth work therein shall be put to death. A Sabbath rest unto Yahuwah has nothing to do with physical rest. It has everything to do with resting from yourself and from the world and living unto Yah and your love for your neighbors. Um, that's what it has to do with. Deuteronomy 5, 12, keep the Sabbath day to sanctify it because it will sanctify you as Yahuwah thy Elohim have commanded thee. Leviticus 23, three, six days shall work be done, but the seventh day is the Sabbath um, of rest, a holy convocation. You should meet up on Yah's Sabbath. It's a solemn meeting. It's a holy convocation. You should come together with other believers on Yah's Sabbath. It's not a time for you to kick kick your feet up and rest your rest your body. No, that's for you. That's not for Yah. Ye shall do no work therein. It is the Sabbath of Yahuwah. It's His Sabbath, not yours. In all your dwellings, Mark 2, 27, and he said unto them, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Yes, we must understand that the Sabbath was made for man to make us clean and holy in the eyes of Yah. Mm -hmm. Hence, Sabbath is the perfect time to do good deeds or good works towards one another. For all good comes from Yah. And so if you do these things, then if you're um, inspired to do a good deed or a good work towards one of Yah's people, then you know that that, that that unction is coming from Yah because Yah is the source of all good. That's right. Hence, Yahshua says, you know, there none, there's none good but one. You know, so all good stems from him. So some, if, if you're feeling inspired or an unction to do something towards someone and it's good, then you know it's coming from Yah. These are the type of sacrifices Yah always wanted from his people. This is what he's longing for. You know, this is what he's always wanted. When are Yah's people going to wake up and understand, you know, what he's been asking for and give him what he wants? When are Yah's people going to understand that the Sabbath is a slice of the kingdom of heaven? It's a slice of the kingdom of heaven. It's so that you can experience what the kingdom of heaven is going to be like. You can experience it right here on earth. Galatians 5, 13 and 14. For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty, not only, only use not liberty for an occasion of the flesh. Use it to serve one another. You know, love your neighbor as you love yourself. You know, so you see, we have liberty to do pretty much whatever we like as long as it's motivated by love. But remember, there's four types of love spoken of in scripture. Two from above, which are heavenly, you know, which we spoke of, the love of Yah and the 
love of your neighbor as yourself, and two from below, which are earthly, the love of self and the love of the world, which two do you think we should keep Sabbath with? Hence, Yahushua also teaches, you know, in Matthew 12, 12, that it's lawful to do well on the Sabbath days. For the love of self and the love of the world motivates you to do things um, that's contrary to the love of Yah and the love of your neighbor, you know. And Yah knows that. He knows that the love of self and the love of the world motivates you to do, do other things. Hence, he tried to keep us on the right path by giving us Isaiah 58, 13, you know, which tells us to uh, turn up. Uh, if we turn away our foot from the Sabbath, you know, if, if thou turn away thy foot from the Sabbath from doing thy pleasure on my holy day and call the Sabbath for delight, you know, the holy of Yahuwah, honorable and shall honor him and not doing thy own works nor finding thy own pleasure nor speaking thy own words, you know, let's make it all about Yah. Let's stop talking about anything that doesn't have to do with Yah or his people. Let's stop talking about anything that has to do with ourselves or with our businesses or with anything that's dealing with the world. Let's give Yah his, his proper honor on his holy day. Let's truly make it holy unto Yah. So if you're unsure of which love is motivating you to do something on the Sabbath, just ask yourself if you're going to benefit from it. If your flesh is going to benefit or the, or the um, world is going to benefit from it. You know, if so, uh, to be on the safe side, you should probably wait to do it after Shabbat. You know, but what if, but what if you did two days? What if you lived two days like it was the Shabbat? What if you, you, you didn't just treat the Shabbat like a Shabbat, but what if you treated two days like a Shabbat? What if you treated three or four days like the Shabbat? Where you just made it all about Yah? What if you dedicated all your days to be like Shabbat? Where you always was just doing Yah? Say that's all I have for you, folks. Yeah.